Whether you've been here before or you never left, don't let your time slip away. It's the worst kind of theft. You don't get any return sitting, wallowing in shame. It's time to put in work, bringing greatness to your name. It takes focus and dedication. We're not talking about luck. I gotta keep moving forward. Welcome to Coming Unstuck. What's going on, friends? Welcome to another episode of Coming Unstuck, a Step Up to Greatness podcast. I'm your host and the greatness facilitator, Dustin Gruss. Now, I normally don't do one of these little intro bits before the actual episode or before the interview, but I realized in going back that I didn't really introduce who my guests were and why I was talking to them to begin with. Of course, with Coming Unstuck, it's helping you get past that feeling of being unstuck or of the past, the feeling of being stuck. And Chris and Rachel are now one of the top wedding videographer couples in the Orlando, Florida area, but they haven't always been there. So our story is about how they have pivoted through the different stages of their adult life to where they are now. And I think there's a lot of great, useful information It is one of my longest interviews to date because we just had a lot to say and a lot of information to get out of them, and it was a great time. So this episode will be broken down into two episodes, but I hope you stick around for the whole thing. Chris and Rachel are a blast and two of the most awesome people that you can meet and great to have record your wedding or any special event in the future. So... Without further ado, here's my interview with Chris and Rachel, Gnarly Films. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Coming and Stuck, a Step Up to Greatness podcast. I, of course, am your host and your greatness facilitator, Dustin Gruss. Our goal here at Coming and Stuck is to help get you past that stuck feeling, whether it be in your life, your mindset, or your career, even your health. Today is an understatement to say that I'm excited for today's episode because one of my goals is to help and see people succeed and do great things. And the two people that I have on as guests today are and have been doing great things for as long as I've known them. And the even better, sweeter part about it for me is their family. Chris and Rachel, welcome to Coming Unstuck. Great to have you guys on. Thank you. Thanks. Good. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, quick backstory: uh, Chris and I are cousins. Our parents are long lost half siblings, and that's a whole nother story. But Chris and I, because of our parents only being uh, being long lost half siblings, have only known each other for about fifteen years. Even though I just turned forty, and Chris, you just turned what now? Uh, are, 33. Are, We're getting yeah, old. Jeez, I was going to say, you are you are in your 30s, aren't you? <laughs> I remember celebrating your 21st birthday. Yeah. With you, and so you probably don't remember it, but I remember I know, it. Look at, look. <laughs> You're getting some gray hairs there. Look at these grays coming in. Yeah. Oh, man. So, <laughs> so first off, I want to start with one of my favorite stories about you two, and that's how you two first met. 
I think it's hilarious. And I just would love for people to kind of get a feel for you guys and, and how you guys first met. That's a great question. Um, I'm kind of glad you asked that question actually, because we've been talking for a long time that we wanted to like capture this in video format. Well, yeah. Cause it's just funny because like I tell it one way and he tells it another way. And it's funny because I'm like, well, I guess we could just <laughs> tell it. So you want to take the, the reins or um, I, I guess I'll start set the groundwork. I'll, yeah, I'll start. Um, you can so correct, you can correct her Universal, as needed, Chris. Oh, I, I definitely will step in. <laughs> and I'll correct him too. Don't worry. <laughs> Hashtag marriage. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, we're going to take it back to 2012. This is at Universal Studios. The world was ending. <laughs> According to the Mayan calendar. Um, <laughs> 2012, uh, I'm at Universal. I just got hired there. I was brought on as a dancer in a brand new show offering that they had. And so we had what's called an entertainment like overnight rehearsals. And that's when like all the parks uh, operations closed down and then we're able to go in and rehearse the shows full out, full tech rehearsals, uh, dance, uh, all elements of the show. So um, we actually wrapped earlier than we expected. And so me and some castmates were like, let's go to the bar at city walk. <laughs> and there was like this local bar that was like where everyone, all the employees would go to just because that was, they had super cheap beers for like three fifty or something for like a big beer with a employee ID. 30, 32 ounce beers. Okay. 32 ounce beers. <laughs> it's like you, uh, it's like you've been there a lot or something. It was the employee watering hole. It was. <laughs> so um, I am walking there and, you know, it's it's pretty busy. There's a lot of other people out because it's like around 11 o'clock at night. Um, and uh, as I'm walking in with some friends, basically like this guy from this group of guys was like, oh, look at all these pretty ladies, like super drunk and stuff. And we're just a little like, ew. And I'm like with um, another, I'm with a couple other girls, a couple other guys. I just got out of, you know, a relationship. And I'm like in that girl mindset that's like, I'm so disgusted with all boys. Like, just, I can't even look at this guy right now drunkenly. <laughs> just, that was not me, by the way. Yeah, it wasn't Chris. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't even, I don't even have patience for this guy right now. So, I go inside, get a beer. I go outside because my phone's ringing and I have to take a call and it's my ex-boyfriend calling me. And I'm just like, oh gosh, like here we go. And so I go outside and um, I'm gonna take the call. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to develop my side of the story here. <laughs> okay. <momentarily. laughs> okay. To set my side of the scene, um, basically it was what we called a Whiskey Wednesday and that's just any excuse to go out and drink. So uh, naturally, I was working third shift at the time, meeting new friends and girls um, was non-existent unless you forced yourself to go out. So uh, got a small group of us guys together, um, went to the local employee watering hole, and uh, that's when a friend of a friend decided to approach her at the table, and that's when I first noticed her. Uh, it seemed like there was like five guys, five girls sitting at the table. Everybody was coupled off. And he decided to, uh, the friend of the friend, I think his name was Kyle. He, he walks up and puts on this terrible Australian accent, 
starts hitting on all the women at the table only, even though these guys are there, they're all in entertainment, keep in mind. So their, their, their bodies are, are pretty cut. They're looking good. I'm thinking I'm going to feel have like a, guys only look at other guys' bodies. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so I can sense there was some turmoil happening there. The tension was rising. Uh, I could see the anger in the guy's eyes. So I'm like, great. I'm going to have to bail this guy out. Barely know him. Uh, but he takes a hint and he walks away. Um, and so cut to later that night, I see Rachel again sitting by herself outside at one of the tables on the phone. So I kind of, I bet one of my friends, I was like, oh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go talk to that girl. It's actually a couple of friends and, and they definitely were like, no, you, you won't talk to her. You'll chicken out or, um, I forget exactly what, what the exchange was, but at that time, keep in mind, it was close to, uh, close Qu to, um, midnight, close to midnight. Yeah, so everybody's feeling pretty good. So just like uh, in the movies, I saw her checking me out. I knew for sure she was checking me out. I was rolling my eyes <laughs> She's in his back direction. multiple times. And uh, so I throw my drink down. Pretty sure it splashed on one of my friends. And I start walking up to her. And uh, I got about halfway there. And then like instant panic and fear struck me. And I was like, oh, crap. The realization that I don't have anything to say to this girl like, paralyzed me but i felt like something greater kind of pushed me towards her even though i was like resisting it um so i had no plan no strategy i walk up and i sit next to her at the table and the first thing i could think of was to pull my phone out and start making fun of whatever she was saying on her phone so she kind of looks over at me and she's like i'm sorry who are you i was like i was like this and imagine he sits down next to yeah. me and i'm like so, how rude so like, like making fun of her and she's like, I'm sorry, who are you? And I was like, hold on, I'm on an important phone call, like finger right in her face, everything. And I was like, <laughs> excuse me, I have to go to my ex that was on the phone. So I hung up my phone and I'm like, um, hello, who do you think you are? Yeah. And, uh, and he's like, hi, my name's Chris. <laughs> so I introduce myself. We get to talking and uh, this is where like the next stroke of brilliance kind of came to me out of nowhere. And I asked her, uh, how much do your parents pay you? I'm sitting there with this big 32 ounce beer. And she was kind of like, and she like, didn't know where mean? this was going. And so I said, how much do your parents pay you to babysit that beer? Cause it was completely full. She hadn't touched it. I, I was watching her for at least five minutes, not stock her as. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, he made me so laugh a little bit. Do a little and, laugh out of there. Yeah. Um, so then after that, we got to talking a little bit more and connecting the dots. So, she uh, said she worked at Universal, and that's where I was like, oh, no way, me too. And she kind of just thought I was saying that. Uh, so the next stroke of brilliance came, and, I, and uh, I was like, I'll bet you 10 digits on it. And she Yeah, because I was like, no, you don't. And he's like, I'll bet you 10 digits on it. So And I was like, oh, fine. And then he legitimized goes. legitimized the bet, shook hands. And then he showed me his Universal ID. And I was like, cool, okay, well. And then just after that, uh, security walks up and they're like, hey, um, it's, last call. it's last call. You guys got to go. Um, and I was like, oh, all right. I have to go back in there and get my bag and, you know, cash out with my the bar and stuff. And as I'm walking away uh, or I'm getting up and then Chris is like, well, wait, what about those 10 digits? And I was like, all right, fine. Give me your phone. I'll put it in. And, and then he's I was like completely exposed because my phone had been dead the whole time. Not that she thought I was really on a phone call. Yeah, but he's like, actually, my phone was dead earlier. So can you take mine? <laughs> so she actually took my number. Um, 
and texted me later that night. And, so, and all I said was, thanks for the mockery night. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And then uh, he asked me on a date and our first date was universal. We walked around the theme park. <laughs> so. Well, that's, yeah. that's a nice thing. That's nice and casual, though. I mean, it's something where you guys are both be comfortable. So I'd re- respect on that first date. Uh, respect on the strokes of brilliance coming yeah. to you, Chris, <laughs> in each of those moments. And <laughs> and but Rachel, I got to ask you. It's always kind of kind of bugged me. Like, did you? How sure were you that you were going to text him? Actually, text him because you could have just blown him off, but you still decided to text him because. The way he mocked you, it could have gotten on your nerves because after being his roommate for a year and a half, there were certainly times where he got on my nerves. <laughs> no one ruined a good bowling game I had going like Chris did when we'd be out bowling and just saying just some simple words, simple words of encouragement mm-hmm. just to throw me off. So, so how sh- <laughs> Son of a... <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what you do. He would encourage well, the, me. The eat. funny thing that. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the the funny thing that we didn't mention is uh, I think I was the fifth guy to pursue you that night because she was actually on the phone with her ex. Yeah. Well, that's that was a tiny tidbit I said at the beginning was like I just was completely like sick of boys because I just got out of a relationship back in my hometown, moved to Orlando for the entertainment job. And then I was, um, you know, flattering and all. But I was just like, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm not I'm here for work. I'm here for only a one year contract and that's it. And I'm going back home or I'm going to L.A. (laughs) And um, I just was like really focused on what I wanted and what I was there for. And it was work and career oriented and that was it. And, um, it was like the two guys that I was with in that group, they kind of like expressed interest a couple of times before that. And I was like, no, we'll just be friends, you know, and let's all just hang out in a group, which we did. And they were like, cool with that. And then it was like the phone call from my ex being like, let's get back together, all that stuff. And I was like, no, (laughs) And then it was, and then came Chris all drunk and stuff. And I was like, (laughs) all right, well, um, you kind of have a like quirky charm to you and you are, uh, you made me laugh, you know, when everyone else is just being sleazy. Um, so I just was like, kind of, kind of more like, thanks for making me laugh more like versus what I really said, which was thanks for the mockery. Yeah. So, I don't well, know. Yeah, I, I could have blown him off and never texted him. <laughs> but, you know, a greater power moved Chris to you, and so a greater power must have moved you to uh, text him and accept his uh, his request for that date. So, I'm glad that greater power intervened, and I'm here talking to you guys now. Um, so, that's yeah. awesome. Yep. <laughs> um, so, you kind of mm-hmm. hit on... Oh. Uh, um, excuse me. So, um, I'm five years of marriage. Um, I'm happily in that spot as well. So uh, you kind of you kind of hit on a little bit of your background. You were there uh, for the entertainment industry, uh, working as a dancer for the productions at Universal. Chris, when I first mm-hmm. moved to Orlando and uh, you and I became roommates, you were going to school for graphic design. 
Um, so yeah. if you guys wow. can, yeah, I remember you making those little uh, animations and stuff like uh, your yeah. What was it? It was seems like I think it was still life. like bed gnarly. Oh yeah, it it was a long time ago. That was thirteen years ago, dude. Um, Oof. yeah, because I I lived in Orlando for seven years. I've been home seven years, so it's it's been a while. Wow. Um, yeah. But so if you guys can both kind of hit on what your different um, occupations were or, or the trajectory that led you uh, to kind of where you are now, because one thing I, I'll, I'll add post credit um, as kind of more of an intro and stuff is that what you guys do now as uh filmmakers of doing like wedding videos wedding filmography and not just wedding but event filmography and that kind of stuff but if you could just kind of run us down uh your your history so rachel again you were you have a background as a dancer kind of what was that that led you to uh orlando yeah um so I was a professionally trained dancer since I was seven, actually. And then I, you know, like, so dancers are always, um, you know, they're training for years and years and years. And most dancers, when you start to go uh, pro or commercial, you start getting like an intro to like commercial uh, dance and like music videos and commercials and stuff like that. you know, it, it kind of like when you're a teenager, when you're like in your prime of dance. So um, I focused on that for a while. It's always my passion. Um, growing up in a really like education focused house and then also an arts focused house. My mom's a pianist. She taught, she taught fine art and everything for years. Um, and so and she went to college for that. And so she really embraced me, like always embracing the arts, but then also education. So when I went to college, I was like, okay, dance is on hold. I am going to, or actually back in high school, I was like, okay, dance is on hold a little bit. I'll be on the dance team, but I'm not going to try to do anything outside of that. And then like focus on education. I went to college. I went to college and wound up graduating with my bachelor's in uh, dual bachelor's in business marketing and also leadership. And, um, you know, like while I was in my last couple years of college, I was like, you know what, I'm going to get back into the, um, I'm going to get back into like the commercial scene, you know? And so I was in Miami. And so I was like dancing, doing like Telemundo and desk control and like, um, lots of different like productions and stuff. And I always had an interest. I got like, I, I made friends with some of like the PAs and like the the people who were constantly working on these episodic series down in Miami on like Telemundo and Desk Control and um, you know occasionally you'd meet these like bigger directors and stuff that came out from LA that did music videos for artists and everything and I got to like just be on some really cool projects like with J Lo and um, you know also with uh, Pitbull and everything. And I, as a dancer, like you're in front of the scenes, but then like also I just was like really interested in the behind the scenes too. And like seeing all the camera equipment, seeing how it worked, seeing the techniques that people were using to capture us. And like, I think that that's where I was like 
man, like that's really cool too. (laughs) And I think, and that's like the earliest um, thing that I can remember in a professional setting. But like, even when I was little, like I have home videos of me running around with my mom's like camcorder, um, just being like interviewing my mom at Christmas, like, what'd you get for your gift mom and stuff. And so I was always running around with the camera too. Now, how do you have a video of you running around with a camera if you're the one holding the camera? Well, I have videos of me, <laughs> like, selfieing it. Oh, oh <laughs> look, look at you selfieing back in the day. <laughs> I have you one should've... of me, um, like, you hear me kind of behind the camera. Gotcha. And I'm, like, gotcha. talking. <laughs> and then there's one of me holding it. I guess like this because it's really wobbly, and I was like, <laughs> "See, Grandma, that red light is where oh. <laughs> you is when you know that it's recording everything you're doing." <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, yeah. So fast forward to like 2013, 2014 is um, when now Chris and I are dating, and um, we get our hands on like a GoPro. And Chris starts like just filming our surf trips. And um, I was like, that's when like travel vlogs were really big on YouTube. And so I was like, let me make some cool travel videos and stuff. And um, YouTube University, you learn a lot of things. <laughs> so I just yeah, learned a lot of the, techniques on there. Graduates of YU. That's YouTube University. YouTube University graduates. <laughs> <laughs> Top of my what? class. Your your guys' <laughs> yeah. videos, I remember those videos. Those were epic. I mean, you guys put a lot of time into those with no <laughs> kind of, you know, really payoff for them, but they were epic. But, you know, it, look where it led you to now. I mean, and, and we'll get into where yeah, you're absolutely. at now. So, um, yeah. And, um. <coughs> excuse me. And. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of Rachel, your exposure to it. Chris, like I said, you started out with uh, um, graphic marketing and stuff like that, or graphic design, and then mm-hmm. then you kind of stepped away from that and you started getting into the uh, engineering um, at Universal Studios. And- yeah, um, definitely. So there's. Uh, a lot of just different moments in uh, in time there where I was trying to figure out exactly who I was and what I wanted to be. Um, and uh, success is definitely not a, a straight line. Um, so I think we're still even trying to figure out who we want to be, uh, funny enough. But um, yeah, I think uh, after high school, you know, everyone asked that big question. It's like, what do I want to do next? And um, I think my parents were pretty smart in the sense of just saying, take a year off, kind of figure yourself out. And, um, you know, there's no rush to get yourself into more debt in school. So, uh, did that. I was floating around, uh, worked at, uh, UPS actually overnight. And, um, I remember there was one night that I just took a look around and there was a lot of older guys around me. And I was just like, I, all right, I think I'm ready to start taking school seriously. And I don't want to be these guys slaving away in their forties, uh, at UPS. So that's, mm-hmm. that's when I decided to kind of, uh, follow through the, the school path. And that wasn't even like a straight line. Cause like I took like a random math class at a community college and wasn't really doing too much there. Cause it was, mm-hmm. I think it was just different for me. Um, 
it just wasn't clicking for me at that time to be that organized, follow through with classes and um, figure out that whole college thing yet. Uh, but then shortly after that, like I said, at UPS, um, I realized I had to get away from UPS. Uh, I was running a, lawn, a landscaping company also at that time. And I just felt a little bit uh, uh, stretched in, in too, too many different directions. So um, took a job at uh, Home Depot, started going to ITT uh, for the graphic design, multimedia. Uh, so I did a lot of 3D animation and I had a uh, video editing course. And I think that was probably my first exposure into the video realm. And at that time, I thought it was cool. I, I figured it out pretty fast, but it wasn't really like doing anything production level with it. It was just more about like cutting the clips, using the program, uh, using other people's clips. Um, so I didn't put a lot of thought into that, but I had that experience, which was neat because that kind of came into play later. Uh, from there, a lot of my friends had moved away from college. So I think that was probably like the first time I felt stuck in a sense. Um, because I was just like my core group, everybody that I knew, they were all going off doing their own thing. And I was kind of, I had just gotten out of a long relationship. So I didn't have like a lot of friends either at that time. So I had to kind of like reinvent myself and ask those questions. Like, where do I want to be? What do I want out of my life? And that's when I kind of identify that's like, I want to, I want to have my own like kind of like college experience while going to just like a local college. Uh, and to me, that was, uh, going to work for a theme park, uh, in the, the city walk area, which is kind of like a, a nightlife area. And that's, that's what I wanted to experience a lot. So, um, uh, worked at Starbucks during the day and, uh, bartended at night while going to school. And, uh, or that was shortly after I graduated ITT. And when I graduated ITT, actually the, uh, that's when the economy took a, a major dump, uh, turn for the worse. It's about 2008, 2009. Um, so now I have this degree, no real job experience, and everybody's trying to hustle and find a job. So trying to pick up a job was pretty rough. Um, so that's what kind of led me to uh, Universal also was I was like, hey, they're a pretty large company. They must have some sort of like graphic design field that I can kind of get to. So let me just get the first job I can find there and I'll try to find like a... Um, like move guess, your yeah. way up kind of move my way up, but like a kind of like a backdoor entry into uh, graphic design. So probably about a year and a half of uh, slinging cups of coffee and bartending that um, a different opportunity pulls me a whole different direction <laughs> uh, as far as the apprenticeship with universal. And it, it's kind of, it's funny when you, when you tell the universe that you're never going to do something again, it always seems to just have that, uh, uh, karma or, uh, what am I trying to say? Just kind of mm, irony, I would say that yeah. it's the, the, the old adage, like tell God your plans and he'll laugh. It's kind of that thing. Like it's yeah, exactly, exactly. So, mm -hmm. um, working overnights at UPS, I was like, I, I never want to do that again. And, um, this apprenticeship kind of <laughs> offers itself. And of course it has to be overnight. And that's how you get your start because you're, you're learning on. Uh, so I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit. The apprenticeship is for like ride and show technicians. And it's a three-year program that develops a technician out of you more or less. Um, so I kind of, 
I kind of laughed it off at first when I saw the opportunity, but then I started thinking about it more seriously. And I realized that I did have a mechanical aspect of myself that has kind of been untapped that I wanted to explore. Um, and I felt like there would be more people like me trying to figure those things out. Sorry, our chairs are a little squeaky, but <laughs> um, sure, the, uh, the chairs. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've had lots of funny dinner, dinner uh, parties with yeah. these. <laughs> our farting chairs yeah. um but yeah to, <laughs> to get back on the subject um yeah so the apprenticeship was a, a pretty great opportunity for me um took the next three years um they developed the whole because like at that point in time like my creative mind was like pretty much what i relied on i didn't have like an analytical side um and going through the apprenticeship, put it, being put through all those engineering classes, uh, lasers, photonics, um, totally, I think, changed the way I think. And Rachel Avouch, for sure. Yes. <laughs> um, just being, uh, uh, what is it? Which side of the brain is that? I don't know. I completely switched, more or less. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, the, the non-creative side. The more um, analytical side, for sure. So, yeah, I've been on that path for about 10 years now. And uh, it's been it's been a really wild ride, you could say. It's had a lot of ups and downs being a roller coaster technician. Ah, ah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Has a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you – I don't want to cut off your story and stuff, but I know as you started oh, – yeah doing that um as you've been on that 10-year okay, journey so there go ahead i'll tie in with um it was a um, let's see it was around like when the gopro 2 i think first came out that i went ahead and purchased that and started documenting surf trips and just skating around the neighborhood um just anything i could and i think that's probably what really led us to where we're currently at he would do like some creative edits and stuff. Like I remember he would make some creative edits of like, like one of our first edits was like a surf trip time, uh, time lapse. And then, um, we had like one day before they had, before they even created like a long selfie extendable stick. selfie stick, yeah. Chris created one out of like a PVC pipe. <laughs> and he I was like, that. It was like um, six foot. Yeah, using that I had a pool noodle on it so we could surf with it and like hand it off as people were surfing. we would like you. we would like uh javelin throw it and stuff and like so we were getting Stand. with the go with yeah. the gopro on it and so we, we would like throw it and people would catch it so we were getting like gopro shots that people hadn't ever seen before and they were like whoa that's cool. And like we would post it on Facebook. Because at that time, video really wasn't big. Like Instagram was all about photos. Like you didn't see yeah. people vlogging really. You couldn't even really post a good video on Instagram. <laughs> but like we did it on Facebook a bit. <laughs> so for, for its time, I would say like it was it was cool to like document those sort of things that I don't think a lot of people were really mm -hmm. doing yet. Um, and like we put them on YouTube because that was really like the main, you know, channel that we knew where it was like okay you could put a video on this but um you know still have those youtube channels today but you know haven't <laughs> don't remember, really that is my goal i'm gonna like put more on youtube for sure do you remember the passwords for those i hope 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I still go on my YouTube. Along with okay. my uh, Bitcoin account. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so um, you've said a f- you said a few things there that I want to hit on. Like one, success is definitely a winding road. Um, and I again, I've, I've told you this in private conversation before, Chris, and I'm, I'm going to say it again now. Um, while success is a winding road, uh, I've always admired and been impressed with you. And on these different pivots you've made, you've always seemed to be um, head above water. You seem to be surfing those waves. You're not like getting rolled <laughs> over. You are on the wave. You're you're riding it out. And I've always admired and been impressed with that. Um, the one part of success you might have missed, though, is you guys probably could have patented the selfie stick for your GoPro. I mean, you you missed out the opportunity there. Mm-hmm. You, you could, you know, but that's all right. You guys are still doing your yeah. thing. Um, and Rachel, like, again, you as well have always uh, just knowing all the different roles you've had at Universal and then the fact that you took that uh, that long Disney trip. Uh, with Disney on tour, mm-hmm. you've always really just kind of thrived yeah. and been, been successful. And and I want to give you guys also praise on your relationship. And, you know, because that Disney trip oh, for thanks. you was, was pretty was pretty early on in your relationship, if I remember correctly. And that was, what, three to six months, something around that. Mm-hmm. And for a relationship um, that, that y- mm-hmm. early on, young, for you to be able to handle that, um, that distance and time apart stuff at such a young age as you guys were, as well as age of your relationship, um, that takes a lot of commitment and trust and communication. So I'm sure you guys both kind of kept busy with what you were doing and stuff. And that, that definitely helps time go by, but Mm -hmm. that, that's still a huge, uh, hurdle and in ways that you would have to come over in a relationship. So just, you know, Again, I'm mm-hmm. proud of you guys for where you've been on all those different parts of your journey. I appreciate that. Thanks. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> so um, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, that that trip too. It was that trip was a great learning experience for both of us because um, you know, as like as a husband and wife, like, you know, obviously we were just we were just boyfriend and girlfriend then. We didn't we weren't engaged or anything. Um, but yeah, I, it was funny cause like I told him, I was like, Hey, uh, when he asked me to be his girlfriend, I, the first time I said no, um, <laughs> because I was like, that winding road, <laughs> <laughs> that winding road. <laughs> he's like, he, and I was like, no, I'm only going to be in Orlando for one year. And then I am very job and career focused. I am going to be going to LA and I'm going to be pursuing dance and commercially, um, dancing and acting, you know, I'm going to pursue it full time after this year. So I don't want anything to tie me down to this place, you know, to Orlando. And so he actually asked me again, like one or two weeks later, I think. I think it was maybe a month. No. I think so. I waited a little bit. No. What? I, Maybe we'll say two weeks. Okay. Either. So <laughs> your his sense of time is not. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, a couple weeks later, he's like, okay, I know you said no before and I know you're probably gonna, um, say the same thing, but would you be my girlfriend? And like, let's just make this a thing. And if let's just cross that bridge if, and when it comes. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so it was like, then it was like a couple, it was like uh, two years later, then I get that job offer, the phone call of like, hey, you've been cast in a national tour. It's going to be running for 10 months. And 10 months. Um, yeah, it's going to be running for 10 months. And there is a p- potential of it getting extended. And we toured 303 cities in 10 months across the US and Canada. Wow. And um, it was busy, you know, and it was, it was, and and the main point I wanted, the main learning point I think that we got from this was like, we, we discovered truly what was, um, how to keep our relationship alive. And it was the discipline of setting like a time every night that we would touch base. We talked every single day of, you know, around the same time, we even when I was bouncing around in different time zones, I would just do the math and be like, okay, this is where Chris is going to be then. And even if it was a quick like little voice message, maybe we didn't always get to talk on the phone, but we yeah, touched base and we kept in touch. She's sharing a tour bus with you know, mm-hmm. 10 other people. I had zero privacy. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was definitely challenging. And there were times I wanted to like just give up and come home, cancel my contract early. Um, we did get to see each other a couple times throughout that tour too, but overall it was a really good learning experience. And I, I actually love the fact that like shortly after that tour, it's like, there was this like whole minimalism movement. And I was all about that because tour taught me really like the essentials of what I actually need every day. And it also taught me like what's important. And I was like, and, and I heard one quote one time and I was just like, I was like, wow, that's so true. And it was like, doesn't matter where you go. It matters who you're with along the way. And I was like, that's really so true. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, man, I'm all these, I'm looking, I'm here at all these places, but I wish Chris was here. Well, the crazy thing was um, just to backtrack a little bit at that time, our year and a half to year mark, um, we were actually kind of not on the greatest terms, I think, relationship wise. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't that things were going bad. It's just we were asking ourselves, like, is there anything missing here? Do we have all the right pieces? And um, we just felt like something was kind of missing in our relationship, but we couldn't figure out exactly what it was because um, we both come from pretty uh, rocky relationships, I guess, where um, you hit like rock bottom and then like the next day you're at like the ultimate high and then rock Unhealthy bottom Unhealthy relationships. Yes. And, uh, for us, it was very, um, just calm and stable. So I think we kind of like got used to that plateau of just being on a high and, um, weren't experiencing those lows with each other. And that's what we had at that time, I think mistaken for the feeling of love. And, um, the tour also kind of just makes you realize that love isn't just a feeling. It's also a choice in how you treat somebody. Mm -hmm. and uh whether they're there with you or not and i think we both had that mutual respect for each other which was kind of what made us uh last through that that 10 month or 10 month duration Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. Pretty crazy. You guys. <laughs> Sorry, I, just, I know this isn't a relationship podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I just feel like uh, we kind of had to explain that a little bit. No, I, I, I love every bit of it. I think uh, people will resonate with that or... Or it'll give them something to hope for if if they're stuck in the kind of relationships that you're talking about or your past relationships, that's giving them something to kind of look for and strive for. Because, you know, Leanne and I, we had our share of relationships before we found each other. Leanne was engaged twice before we got engaged. Um, oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. A lot oh, of people well. don't, don't know that. Um, and, you know... You know, Chris, you met a few of the girls I dated in, in Florida and stuff, and mm-hmm. they were great girls and stuff. But for me, I felt like something was missing. There there was something missing. And and even though I cared about those girls greatly and I enjoyed being with them and stuff, I had to follow my gut, my instincts, and um, and I broke it off with them. And, and since then, the, you know, keeping tabs on, on people or just seeing things uh, – way they unfold through through mutual friends and, and social media and stuff like those friends have moved on to happy marriages and kids and and all those kind of things and and here i am with my wife five years now and you know we met one month after i moved back from florida so it's just uh you know things work yeah. out the way the way it's supposed to so um it's there's nothing I wrong think with something that something that uh gave me comfort through not to cut you off but um something that gave me comfort through uh I guess waiting for the right one is um, it's kind of like uh, you might be ready, but the person you're waiting for might not be. So you're just kind of out there in the in the universe waiting. Wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing, the other crazy thing to backtrack a little bit again is um, it's the second time I told the universe like I'll never do something which was a, another long distance relationship because I had previously done that epic failure with that so rachel was actually horrified i think to tell me that she had booked this tour originally um, yeah i thought we were for sure breaking up <laughs> before because <laughs> i was so adamant i was like i'm not doing that again yeah and um she would to her surprise i was like yeah go absolutely like i support you 100 mm-hmm. um i definitely didn't want to be in the way of you know something that was like a lifelong uh like a stream of yours yeah Big bucket list thing <laughs> for yeah. sure. All right. So I, I, I love all this. I love hearing more of this story and like, you know, knowing some of the having been there for some of it, but also hearing some of the in-betweens that I didn't know before. So it's, it's interesting for me, yeah. you know, um, but let's talk, get into really what's gotten you guys to where you are now. So, GoPro two, you guys did your videos and your okay. travel videos. And that's, again, that's another compliment I want to pay to you guys. I don't know where you learned your, your financial things. Uh, I, Chris, I got to imagine your mom played a big part in it. Um, but yes. the, the kind of trips that you guys have been able to take at such a young age, going to such exciting, interesting places, uh, where you're able to make those videos, uh, just kudos mm-hmm. to you for always having such a good grip on your financial situation. Um, because that was not me. And, and Leanne is what she's in charge of the money for a reason. So, um, <laughs> but so your GoPro two, you're doing the videos, uh, and just doing that kind of as a hobby is fun. 
Chris, you get a drone and you start doing drone videos and drone <laughs> pictures and stuff. Also yeah. amazing pictures and videos that you took there. Um, I would, anytime you shared any of those, I was always like resharing on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, maybe. Cause I was like, damn, look at that. Yeah, That's I appreciate awesome. that. Of course. Um, I don't share any of your guys' wedding videos, so that's just that's not my stop. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, that's a little that's a little different. Yeah. Oh, look at this happy couple that my cousin like videoed. You know, that's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but watch well, you guys. Someone who's getting married. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you guys have transitioned from the GoPro to the drones to now suddenly like how did you get your first wedding videography job yeah how did you make that jump and then building to where you guys are now like what was like what was that transition oh, should i answer see. um well i think so originally we were doing the the gopro st- stuff and that was uh definitely the the groundwork because I think that's what got us noticed a lot because video wasn't as popular then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the the next progression I spent, I think uh, Rachel was on tour. I got my one tax return back and I blew it all on a drone because while she was in town visiting, I saw another one of her friends actually flying a drone for a, a festival. And I thought that was the coolest thing. That was something that I knew I had to be a part of. Like I just, that I absolutely had to get a drone. So I was nerding out. Um, I actually had a, uh, a surgery. So I had some downtime for about a month where I was ordering all kind of drone parts, YouTube constantly, uh, drones, um, just a shipment after shipment every day of, of little drones coming in. I was chasing the cats around the house with those and the dogs. Um, <laughs> and, uh, this is before drones had the, obstacle avoidance and like all of the yeah, it was, software that they have now. This was truly a manual flying drone. In the very beginning. Like. <laughs> and the cool thing was it, it tied into that was around the same time that I was taking all these engineering courses, learning about the whole electrical side of uh, things. So it was, um, it all just kind of just was coming together and I was playing the the hand that I had. Uh, so I got my first drone, was flying that around. Uh, it was uh, just the closest thing that I have experienced so far to having your own personal Iron Man suit. And that's always been a dream of mine. So being able to kind of plug in <laughs> and fly and see shots that nobody's ever seen before uh, at that time and just like posting up just like a quick flight and it being uh, amazing kind of got us a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Also, while you were touring, you were videoing a lot of stuff too. When I was, uh, yeah, when I was touring, I also separately was posting a lot of stuff on my own page about travel and documentary and type of um, work as far as like, this is where we are. Here's some information about where we are. And then like some tidbits of my castmates. So a lot of mine was very like portrait based um, in people and places, um, it wasn't so much as like action photography or action video, which is more what he was into. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we had very different styles, but nevertheless, we did have a shared passion for videography and, um, 
photography. So, yeah. So how would you say we made that jump? Um, so actually my friend that he had seen um, filming at that festival, um, it was Pride Fest 2015, 20, no, Pride Fest 2015, yeah. And um, it was like the next year in like 2016, I think, it was, yeah, early 2016, um, some people asked that friend of ours if they knew, if he knew anyone that would be interested in filming their wedding. And this was a fellow guy from entertainment that was getting married, um, and he worked in stunts and all this stuff. So he was, they weren't like picky about videography, but they just wanted like good people there, you know? And so what happened was he's like, yeah, I have my friend, um, I'll ask my friends, uh, Rachel and Chris, they might be down. Um, cause they, they love to film a lot of different stuff. <laughs> and, um, so he asked me and I was like, yeah, totally. Like, um, we'll give it a whirl. Like, why not? And so we touched base with the bride and, um, me and the bride like immediately started connecting a lot over email and I just was like learning all the details about her wedding, all this stuff, gathering all the information. And then I was like, all right, Chris, you find out how to film it. <laughs> so YouTube University, he jumps on YouTube and he's like, all right, let's, uh, let's go through all these videos. Like how are other people laying out their cameras and what to expect and all this stuff coupled with me doing all the prep work and the admin of being like, okay, this is what's going to happen and when, um, and these are, these are the important people. These are their names and stuff like that. Uh, so we went to this wedding. We, I won't go into the whole story about like the wedding day because it was crazy logistics about like partnering with the photographer and everything. Oh, good stories. Um, <laughs> but it was, we basically blew this out of the water with the experience level that we gave the people, even though we charged only like a thousand bucks. We like didn't know what to charge. We were like, a thousand yeah. bucks. <laughs> we were still figuring out so many things. Uh, didn't have a lot of, ex had zero experience as far as weddings go. Yeah. So, um, I think we, we just looked at what people in our area were charging for weddings and we did like a full day of coverage. We're like, you're buying us out the whole day. We're not going to like cap you on hourly coverage. Mm -hmm. Um, so we basically were like, yep. Uh, you can buy us out. We'll do the whole day, anything that happens, and we'll make you a highlight video and give you like the whole ceremony film. And they just were like blown away by the experience they had with us. And actually, um, you know, some stuff went down with them and their photographer. So they actually reached out to us and they were like, hey, do you happen to also have like photos from our day? So we actually then went back and we took like high def like screen grabs of their entire wedding day. Of different moments that we were like, okay, this could be a good photo. This could be a good photo. And we sent that to them. And then they like tipped us another like 500 bucks. And we were like, wow. wow. Like we were like, maybe weddings could be like profitable. Yes. But also like a lot of fun. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so um, when we posted, we sent that video to them. Lo and behold, he, both of them, the bride and groom had a very large network of friends um and family he actually is a stunt coordinator out of la atlanta and hong kong yeah so and to layer does... a little pressure on there stunt coordinator <laughs> already in tv and film he's in tv hires and film, us yeah. to film their wedding 
and this is our first wedding. There was original American gladiators there at the at the wedding. He like, was wow. friends with like the original American gladiators yeah, wow. from like just the a, show. Just yeah. a bunch of cool things happening, but also a lot of pressure. So I think rolling up, we were yeah. both shaking in our boots, but it's kind of just that that fake it till you make it yeah. in a sense, but also relying on your your skills that you do have and having a little confidence. Mm-hmm. For sure. Like we we knew we had the we knew that we could produce like a good wedding video for them with the skills that we had and our eye and everything and how we edit. Um, we And also with the fact like of how prepared we were to show up and blow it out of the water and like really put our best foot forward when we were like essentially on stage kind of performing and eyes are on us and how we're doing. And um, there's no like hiding behind a phone or, you know, you know, computer emails anymore it's like you're really meeting this couple you're really meeting their friends you are really there like at their ceremony like jumping around to get different angles and you need to be mindful of certain family dynamics that are happening and stuff too so it's all about i think it was just about preparedness um skill and then also skill and talent and then also just practicing emotional intelligence and feeling it out. So, yeah. Well, I, th- I think you both have emotional intelligence in spades, like, because you two are, you know, not just because you're family, but you two are like two of the biggest hearts that I met and knew during my time in Florida. And so I couldn't imagine like a more perfect couple for doing that and being in charge of those things um again i told you i was gonna be kind of bragging on you guys loving on you guys um (laughs) (laughs) but it's it's all from the heart because i you know i've seen just some of your guys short clips and and everything on instagram and and was kind of looking at your page and your vimeo page uh earlier and and i was impressed with with everything i saw on there as well i recall seeing the uh the review from that gentleman and uh mentioning the issue with the photographer so i, I recall seeing that so that didn't yeah. surprise mm-hmm. me at all that you guys were able to come through with them in another way What's going on friends? Dustin Gruss, the Greatness Facilitator and host of Coming Unstuck, a Step Up to Greatness podcast, wanting to say thank you so much for checking out this podcast. Now, if you're not normally a visual person when it comes to your podcast, do remember that you can check it out on your normal audio streaming services. In case you're jogging, running, working out, driving, you wanna make sure you keep those eyes where they need to be. So check it out on your normal streaming services. If you are a video person though, be sure to like and subscribe to my channel, Step Up to Greatness, as you'll be notified of when videos like this video podcast drops, 
as well as other video series such as Friday Fables and short stories. For all things greatness and greatness facilitating, be sure to check out my website, www.stepuptogreatness.com. And if you want to speak with me one-on-one -on -one about how I can help you find that life of greatness and to come unstuck, you can reach me at dustin at stepuptogreatness.com. In the meantime, keep moving forward and step up to greatness. Get out of here, go be great.